Hey guys, Josh here. I just wanted to, to come on really quick and say uh, two things. So the first being that uh, I want to thank Stephanie for coming on tonight and, uh, and joining the podcast. Um, I had some audio issues, which is um, due to the company that I'm, uh, I guess, podcasting through. Um, so moving forward, those problems won't be there and uh, the audio will not be interrupted. Um, secondly, um, I just want to say that my heart, my thoughts, my prayers go out to everybody involved um, in this coronavirus uh, COVID-19 uh, issue that we're experiencing right now. And I just want to say that uh, right now we have guidelines set before us. So the guidelines are to quarantine yourself, to not leave unless you absolutely have to, um, to wash your hands, don't touch your face. Um, I have a a four-month-old daughter. My mother has a weakened immune system. Um, my my stepfather's older. So even though I'm, you know, my age demographic is not at risk, people around me are. Um, and that's what a lot of people need to understand is even though you might not directly be at risk, you have a lot of people around you that are. Um, and so that's why these, these precautions should be taken very seriously. So... I just want to thank everybody for uh, for hanging out through this extended wait. Um, of course, BKFC got pushed back, and uh, I was under the impression that I would be getting some podcasts done um, leading up to that. So I am, I guess as of right now, I'm going to be back fully on track with podcasting, and I appreciate everybody for being so patient. And uh, once again, thank you for Stephanie for coming on, and thank you, um, to everybody that listens week to week or bi-weekly or however um, you listen. And uh, as I've said before, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected by the coronavirus, the COVID-19. And uh, we'll get through this, guys. So thank you very much. is Stephanie Frosto, um, who we were actually just talking about, um, was a former King of the Cage strawweight champ, uh, she's the WBC featherweight Muay Thai champ, WFC atomweight champ, and, uh, currently fighting for Combat Americas, right? Yes. Well, my last fight was with them. I don't have a contract with Combates, but I, I do have, uh, one-offs with them. Do you like it, like, compared to, uh, everywhere else you've been? Combates is the the best organization I work for of how they treat their fighters and the amount of girls that they have on their roster. It's been pretty, it's pretty good experience. Yeah, um, actually, I like I like watching the fights. They uh, they put some really good fights up. Um, so we were just talking about the the King of the Cage strawweight, um, the strawweight belt that you had, and you you were telling me a second ago you had four four belts in total. Yeah, also the IKKC International uh, Muay Thai Champion. Uh, I fought for that in, I think, like 2015 or something. That was my first Muay Thai belt. That was the one I got before I got I went for the WBC title. You know what's like super impressive is uh, 
you have like two Muay Thai belts and you're also like a BJJ black belt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started with Muay Thai when I when I started training, it was just Muay Thai. And then Hello? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, I first started training. You said you well, first I think, started training Muay Thai? Yeah. And then uh, I guess one of my fights I didn't I got armbarred in my second fight. And then that's when I started training jujitsu. But like I didn't start training to to fight in MMA. I started training to fight in Muay Thai. I got you. So so MMA was like never really like the goal? I don't think fighting was ever a goal. I kind of just did it because I didn't really have anything else to do. And I was never good at anything. So I was kind of trying different things. And then when I won my first fight, I was it, was, it gave me a really big rush. So I that's when I, I started training more and fighting more. And that, that kind of just my whole life started to de- to just revolve around training and fighting that's actually like really cool though like like that's that's like honestly one of the coolest things i've ever heard though like you never like you weren't into this before you just kind of like started doing it just to to do it pretty much yeah i i when i first started it was just to lose weight because before yeah when i was growing up i was overweight kid um i would eat a lot of fast food. My siblings used to work at fast food restaurants and they'd bring home fast food every day. Like my sister was the manager at Long John Silver's. So she'd bring home like fried fish and hush puppies. My brother would bring home pizza. My parents were were divorced, so they were at work. So they didn't have time to, you know, come home and, and make us meals. So they just, they'd have, just things that we could make because I didn't know how to cook when I was 10. So I know how to use a microwave though. I can make Hot Pockets. I can eat Cheetos. (laughs) But I I got really big and and I didn't I got bullied at school. I didn't know that I was I didn't know I was overweight until someone on the school bus uh, called me fat and, and my other friend, she was overweight too and he was teasing both of us and I was thinking to myself, like, what is he talking about? I'm not big. And then and then I finally looked in the mirror, like, I guess I am overweight and I guess this is a problem. So I needed I needed something to help me lose weight. So I was I started running cross country because my sister did that in high school and I went to her asking for help. And so she helped me get into the cross country scene. Um, I didn't like running at all. I hated it. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. I liked, I liked uh, like getting friends from it because I didn't have many friends until I started doing sports. I never liked any of the sports I did, really. So, Hello? Yeah. No, no, you're there. You're there. Um, okay. So, well, that is crazy. <laughs> like, because looking, like, looking at your, um, like, looking at your, I mean, even your fights or, like, your Instagram, like, you're like a really tiny person. Like no, no offense, but like you're like a, like a smaller like, like fit person. Like I would have never guessed that in a million years. <laughs> well, I, I am tiny now. When I was uh, when I was a kid, I was pretty round and plump. 
<laughs> I was still small, but I, I weighed I weighed a pretty pretty good amount, maybe like one one fifty, one sixty, and I was only like twelve years old. So, one hundred fifty pounds on a twelve year old is yeah <laughs> is pretty pretty good size, and um, I I wasn't able to to make friends because you know nobody wants to be friends with somebody who it keeps getting made fun of because then they're going to be made fun of or they're going to be seen as somebody that you know like oh look at look at that person hanging out with the the fat kid <laughs> but um so yeah it was it's hard to make friends but running cross country i didn't like it i didn't like but you know make, running cross country everyone makes the team so <laughs> but so I, I made the team and I lost weight, so there was those two, um, two pluses. Did you from that. Um, did you like compete like like often cross country wise, or was it more like just practice? And... I did. I mean, I eventually started getting good at cross country. I became the captain my junior year. Um, I ran like a five forty mile in track. Um, but. So I mean, I started to get good at it. Yeah. But I yeah. never liked it. I, don't I only think did it be... running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some people like on the team that ended up liking running and becoming coaches themselves. So I would understand people liking it. But I mean, I just used it just to to make friends and to lose weight. But never being interested in it, it wasn't something I could do in the long term. So the my senior year, I wasn't. I wasn't interested in it, so I stopped doing it as much, and I started putting weight back on. And I was like, "This is a problem. I don't want to get back to that to that place where, you know, people make fun of me and mm-hmm. and I feel bad about myself." So I started training Muay Thai in Fresno with my sister. So we started training Muay Thai, and then um, this, this was your senior year, right? Yeah, my senior year in high school. That's when I started training Muay Thai. Okay. And it was in Fresno with, uh, you said with your sister, with uh, uh, Zoila? Yeah, my sister Zoila. She she was training. I remember her showing me a video of Chris Cyborg <laughs> and uh, Shayna Baszler, that fight. Chris Cyborg was wearing like a, a pink fight skirt. Yeah. But she was ripped. And she was scary. She ended up TKOing Shayna Baszler, but the ref didn't sh- call off the fight, and she was on the cage like screaming, and the ref was like, "You're not done yet!" So she jumped <laughs> off the cage and and finished her off that way. With I was it, it was <laughs> it was pretty scary. I was like, "You're gonna do that?" Was that the first um, fight you'd ever seen in your life? Yeah, that was the first fight I'd ever seen. I didn't even know that it existed, but it was pretty scary. I mean, I didn't. I personally didn't want to do that when I first started. When I first saw that fight, it wasn't something that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I was scared for my sister to do that. But, you know, I started training. I started getting into it. And then... Um, yeah, did you like it right away? Or was it kind of like cross-country? Like, you didn't really like it at first? and then. It, yeah, it was like cross-country. I didn't like it at first. But, I mean, I liked the community and the the friendships that you develop doing it. So it was, you know, it was like a sacrifice. Get beat up, but you get friends. <laughs> um, I think it's like the best part of the MMA and like the like the fighting, um, 
like Muay Thai Jiu Jitsu community is like the actual people themselves are like the best part of it. Yeah, for sure. People were really cool. Uh, one of the girls on the team when I first started, she couldn't do a fight. She had gotten injured or something. So they asked me to do it because we were about the same the same size, but I had to drop like 10 pounds. So that's my that was my first experience on losing weight for a fight. How was that? It was interesting. I didn't do it the right way. You know, we did it the old school way where you didn't Fresh drink place. water. Yeah, you didn't drink water for for like a week. I mean, we didn't use trash bags, but I did use a sauna suit. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, elliptical, hitting pads. So that was your, uh, your, your first uh, Muay Thai fight, right? Not, not MMA? Well, I was training for Muay Thai, but it was an MMA fight. Okay. Like, it was, it was in a cage at uh, Porterville, in Porterville, for cage combat i think and it was against a girl who had like a buzz cut head she had tattoos on her neck she came (laughs) she came out to tupac and she she looked really hardcore so she was scary but uh and i came in i had cut my hair really short so i had like these two like tiny i had short hair and so i looked like a little girl (laughs) and people people were making jokes they were like, did your mom let you do this competition? Did she sign, sign the permission slip to let you fight? <laughs> I was like, I am 19, okay? But yeah, that was my first experience. I ended up winning. Yeah. But the girl came out. Yeah, the girl came out swinging really hard. But I teeped her in the stomach. And it, it flew her all the way back to the cage. And she came rushing towards me again. And like... Well, your first, my first experience, it was just the punches flying everywhere. I tried to take her down when she had me in a guillotine, which is what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> but like, I hear my corner telling me, no, 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 don't take her down. Don't take her down. So she, I'm glad that she didn't know what she was doing. So I ended up getting out. And then after that first exchange, it was probably like a minute in and we were both losing our breath. We were so tired. And uh, she came. You guys gassed. Yeah, we were gassing out. And she came at me again, and I I teeped her. And that's when all the air came out of her. And I was like, oh. And then I came, and I finished her off with punches. And she fell to the ground, and the ref stopped it. And the whole arena just erupted. Like, this little girl just beat up this Tupac (laughs) freaking gangster girl. It 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 was really good. Really were good you, fight. Were you hooked after that? Like, was that was that it? After that, yeah, I thought I was all cool. <laughs> I, was, I thought I was like the coolest thing. Like, yeah, I'm unbeatable. But then the next fight, I lost. So that that brought me back down to earth really fast. So this, uh, you said it was when you were 19. So that's uh, what probably 10 ish years ago. That was 10 years ago, yeah. So that was uh, a little bit more. Uh, 20, 2010, so WEC was like a big thing. Strike Force was real big. Do you remember those Affliction shirts that everybody used to wear? Yeah, yeah I used we, to have some of those. Yeah, you were rocking those? <laughs> yeah, I would wear them to training. Because oh my, my sister would get sponsors, and she'd get those shirts, and she'd give me her hand-me-downs and stuff like that. I used to get like the Metal Militia shirts and like the Tap Out shirts, and I'd cut the sleeves off of them, and then I'd wrestle <laughs> in them. <laughs> 
Oh man, like oh, tap out. Watch that out. Like the, that was like the golden age of like MMA in, in my mind. Like MMA is in like such a better place now, but like I miss those like the old tap out shirts and, and affliction. And, I, mean, I miss those days. Right when nobody really knew what they were doing, but they acted like they knew. It was there was like a lot of like just standing and banging back then too. Like, like right. it wasn't. It, I don't think it was like as technical as it is now, but it was still equally fun. Yeah, not at all. It what, was all. Uh, so what are your, what are your goals for twenty twenty? Like, are you are you trying to get a uh, a belt at, at Combat Americas? Uh, my goal for this year before all this stuff happened would be to win some more fights. I mean, it is still that goal. I mean, I'm still training at home. Um, but I need to, I'm trying to build my record to, uh, eventually, you know, hopefully get into the contender series. I mean, my ultimate goal is to fight for the UFC. Yeah. Well, you're, Mm -hmm. you're at like a really good gym too with, uh, CSA. And they have a lot of really good, um, a lot of like really good fighters, like in your weight class too, um, like in the UFC, yeah. In my weight class, there's there's nobody who fights in the UFC in my weight class that trains with us. Uh, uh, Jessica Rose Clark doesn't. She's not. Uh... She trains there. She's she fights at one twenty five. Um, Alexis Davis fights at one twenty five. Think those are the only two girls that fight for the UFC right now. At our gym, uh, we do have some guys fighting for the UFC that would come in and do their camps with us. Uh, Matt Chanel, gotcha. Dustin Ortiz, uh, Henry Cejudo would go in there for his fight camps when, like, the Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. After after all that, when uh, Kieran had helped that team get ready for their fights and a lot of those guys came and started training with us but um they're all doing their own thing now but Machinel and Dustin Ortiz go in there still I got you I uh yeah I was I'm sorry I was under the impression that uh <clears throat> I was under the impression that that Jess was at a different weight I guess um so your your fight at, at Combat America has really impressed me um Specifically, because you you have like a really like a like a really heavy Muay Thai stance, mm-hmm. and like you just chop away at legs, <laughs> like and your teeps are really good too. Like I I love watching you fight. Um, you had a full training camp for this fight, correct? Yeah, I mean I had a few training camps. Well, for this fight, I had about three months to get ready for. I mean I don't stop training after I fight. I just continue to go. Do you, so, uh, do you take a lot of short notice fights? Um, I don't know, not really. I w- would have a fight scheduled, and then it doesn't, like it won't, it won't go through for some reason. Like the girl will pull out, or the for my last Bellator fight, they canceled my fight like three days before because there was too many fights on the card. So I mean, like a lot of things happen, and then I don't get to fight. That's gotta be so, like the most annoying thing to ever it, happen. It is really frustrating, but you, I mean, you have to just deal with it, yeah, and then just keep going. Dang, that still that still really sucks, though, especially if you're already weight cutting. Yeah, I mean, the, that for that Bellator fight, I had maybe five pounds 
left to go. Oh, wow. And I was getting ready to do my cut that day when they told me you're, you're not like, fighting. You're, like, right there at the... Like, essentially, you're, like, right on weight, too. Yeah. So I'm super small and hungry. So that makes the emotions even more intense. Because <laughs> you're hungry and hangry. Hangry. Gosh. Yeah. I remember, like, wrestling. Like, I, like you couldn't talk to me the day of a tournament because... Like I would just be so depleted of energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't miss weight cutting at all. Um, do you have to cut a lot of weight now? I try to get as uh, low as possible, so I don't have to cut yeah, that much weight. But I have in the past cut about twelve pounds of water. Um, I would break it up into two days, which I don't recommend. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, um. But those, that's when I used to fight at 105. And when I would fight at 105, it was super hard to get down in weight because I, I, I would even eat, like, once a day. And then all my other meal replacements would be smoothies, like green smoothies or protein shakes and stuff like that. But hardly taking any calories. But I'd still, I'd still have to cut, like, 12 pounds of water. That's gonna be terrible. Yeah, like let's not do that anymore if I don't have to. How did you feel? Like like when you're only eating once a day, like what's like what's the like what's your body feel like, I guess? Like do you feel kinda kinda like slow, like you get a headache? I feel tired. Like when I would stand up I'd get dizzy. Um, training I felt super tiny. Yeah. Like weak and it just it didn't feel good. Yeah, it almost like, like it doesn't feel right. Yeah, you feel you feel like you're, well, you are starving yourself. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't feel good. You just you get headaches, like you said. Um. Yeah, just you have to move slowly, or else you start you start getting dizzy. I uh yeah I I have actually quit competing like outside like jujitsu tournaments like I've, I'm pretty much done competing but. That's, like, the one thing I don't miss is, like, the weight cut. And, like, anytime I talk to anybody, like, that's, like, the one thing I always say is, like, if you can get around not cutting that much weight, like, it's <laughs> so much better for your body. Yeah, for sure. And, like, even though I don't have to cut much much weight anymore, I still get anxiety before I have to do a weight cut. Like, even if it's five or six pounds, I still feel like I ha- I'm having to cut 12 or 15 pounds. I still get that feeling like, I don't want to do this. This is going to be hard. Like You're going to die. <laughs> yeah. I get trauma. Have you ever missed weight before? I have. Um, my first, was my first, my second fight, third fight. Or something like that. Like really early in your career. Yeah, really early in my career. Um, who was it? It was just me and my sister cutting, and I had been through some of her cuts before, and we had bro- broken up the cut in two days, and I wasn't able to. Sorry, you started to cut out there for a second. You said you you broke the cut up into two days. So you said you broke it up into, into two days? Yeah. 
I had breaking up into two days. The fight was at 110. I don't really remember the cut. I just remember passing out in the sauna. My sister was... Holy shit. Yeah, my sister was... I think she was yelling at me because she was like, you only have... I think I had like five pounds left. <laughs> like, you only have five pounds. And like, it just kept coming in and out. And I was like, I need to get out. And I like, she told me I, I hit my head against the wall. But I don't remember doing that. She thought I was being dramatic. <laughs> but I ended up passing out. And yeah. then, yeah, and then we went to the weigh-ins. And I think I missed by two pounds. Man, but by... At that point, you're you're so depleted. You're kind of just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I was depleted, but when I missed weight, it was like the worst feeling ever. Yeah. It was like <clears throat> I uh, I missed weight one time, like wrestling, and it was like by far like like you're right. Like it's the worst feeling in the world. Um, but you were just saying that uh, it was like the worst feeling in the world, and I was saying that I actually missed weight at a wrestling tournament one time, and I I felt terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's. Go right ahead. Okay. Yeah, it was like. I don't know. It just it's a big feeling of regret. Yeah. I guess it's. And it's like, like you, you let your team down and. That's what I was like about I to let say. my opponent down. That's what I was about to say. Like I felt like I left like I let like my entire wrestling team down when I missed weight. <laughs> yeah. To the point where like when I started fighting, like I used to literally fight up a weight class just so I I wouldn't even have to cut weight, which is like terrible because I'm like five six and like 135 pounds, so like these guys are like ten times my size. Oh man. Ten um, times. So you've got, you just recently got your, your black belt, right? Yes, about two, three months ago. Three months say. ago. I, I feel like it wasn't too, too long ago I seen that on your uh, on your Instagram. What is that feeling like? Like, is that, that's got to be one of the best feelings in the world, yeah? I mean, it's surreal. I don't even, it hasn't even kicked in yet, <laughs> to be honest. Like when something something happens like that, I feel like you get this expectation like it's gonna be this big moment in your life that you know your your life is gonna change, but then it happens and you're like, I'm the same person. <laughs> um, I mean, there's like a week or two where you feel like you have superpowers and everything is flowing together. But I mean, getting your black belt. For me, it feels like it's just the beginning. Like I feel, I don't feel like I know more than other people because I have it. I just feel like what I have been working for is like now I have proof. Yeah, that like that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, so are you are you doing any like jujitsu tournaments or anything? I haven't done any jujitsu tournaments in a while. I've been invited to do. Like, uh, it was a 12, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> 12 well, women tournament. But, I mean, I've been training to do MMA, and it, it has been, it is, like, my life has just been to fight MMA for the past six months or so. So, I haven't really thought about it. I mean, 
people have said I should do like the fight to wins. Um, but it it doesn't really it hasn't really interested me yet. You've not thought about. I think I'm so the, the high rollers. No, I mean, um, I've just been go ahead. more focused on on MMA. The uh, the high rollers and the uh, the Chael Sonnen one, the Submission Underground. Those are like the only two that I really enjoy watching. Like, cause like I love jujitsu, but like as far as just like sitting and watching it, like you know, it's just kind of weird, you know. Yeah, I have a hard time sitting and watching any sport, even MMA. If I don't really? know the person that's fighting, yeah, if I don't know the person that's fighting, I'll start to zoom out, like glare. Or space out, and I'll just. Yeah. I have a real hard time paying attention to, to fights or sports, unless I know the person. Then I'm I'm glued to that. Where I've like to that match. MMA and and boxing for so long, like I can't really watch other sports now. Like I can't just sit and watch a baseball game or like, or like watch hockey anymore. Like it's like it's almost like boring in a way. Right. I've but, I've always had trouble watching watching sports games like my dad would take us to football games and i'd be excited when the songs came on like yeah we get to sing and dance now no more football wow you 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 don't really like any football at all uh, i don't know no, yeah you're not really kind of on the fence <laughs> <laughs> i'll go to the parties oh hell yeah that's like the best and i uh, eat, eat the food yeah, the Super Bowl parties, like, the, the food is, like, definitely the best part. That and the commercials. And the commercials. The halftime show. Did you like it this year? I'm waiting. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Shakira. So, yeah, when she had that rope good. and doing her dance, I was like, oh, my God. I like This the, is the moment. I like Jimmy Lovato singing the national anthem. That was pretty lit, too. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what it is. Like, I guess like where MMA and like boxing are just so exciting. Like, I can't really watch other shit now, which is really weird because I grew up like watching like like I said like football, hockey, baseball. Like, I just can't watch any of it now. Right. Yeah. If I if I develop like some kind of if I watch the life story of a fighter and I feel like I know them, then I'll be able to watch them fight. Who, who are if, some of if the, I don't know who are some of your favorite fighters to watch since we're kind of on the subject to watch um shoot besides my teammates uh, I mean I mean you could include I mean I'm just gonna already kind of include them yeah <laughs> man I don't know I, it has Kind of. People ask me about fights. I'm like, I don't know. Kevin Ross. Um, and they just start naming people that I know personally. I got you. Um, I got you. Shoot. I, um, yeah, you have a teammate that I actually really enjoy watching. Is uh, Gaston Bologna. Mm-hmm. The Dream Killer. Holy shit. That spinning back elbow. Like by far like one of my favorite knockouts of all time why in Bellator yeah 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 well, he has a he has a lot he, I think he's done that a lot in his career so the, he the spin, he's a lot of experience in doing that that spinning elbow 
Yeah, I'll teach the kids that. Oh, but God. I think I've seen I've seen Kevin. <laughs> yeah, don't do it to each other. I can just imagine we'll all these little kids just running and just elbowing the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to keep reminding them to be careful because they'll start throwing the elbows hard and and have to tell them it's like you're running with a knife, so you have to be careful. That's like very probably, sharp. That's like the best analogy I've ever heard, and I'm actually I'm gonna steal that from you. It's like running with a knife. <laughs> you're running the knife. You shouldn't even be having that. Are you guys uh are you guys at CSA like are y'all still training or y'all kind of quarantined right now? Um, I'm quarantined at my mom's house. I left Dublin once I found out that it's gonna be locked down, and then I got here, and then a couple of days later everything was locked down too. So I mean, at least I have my family. Yeah. Um, the gym isn't open to members. I mean, I think some of the fighters are still training there. But I really don't want to be exposed because, like, right now, I don't really trust anybody who's who's training. Because, like, people will still go out and make it seem like it's not a big deal. Yeah. But, like, the news just keeps getting worse. And so I, I don't want – I don't know if I'm paranoid. Are you, like, I don't want to start to panic or anything. Are you a big conspiracy theorist by chance? I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I will listen to it. Okay, I got you. I was just, I was just curious. I was just, I've seen a lot of stuff like about the the coronavirus and like little conspiracy theories about it. But I'm kind of with you. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it's just getting worse, and uh, I don't think there's any reason to like subject yourself to something you don't have to. You know. Yeah, I mean the government is putting all these restrictions, and I feel. Like we should follow them. Don't be a rebel and, you know, start to do whatever you want because just because you want to and you're putting other people at risk. Of course, it might not affect you personally, but, you know, you could go out or you could go to your grandma's house and kiss her on the cheek and then she dies from it and then, like, now what? Yeah. By then, it's too late. Like, you can't – you're going to be careful after you kill your grandparents or something? That's what I think me and you Probably were talking not. about it last night, wasn't we? Like, I was telling you, like, like my mom, like, you know, she has a, a weakened immune system, and, like, I have a four-month-old daughter. Like, like I wouldn't want to, like, even though it might not affect me, like, it'll still affect, like, them, you know? Yeah. I mean, right now we have to not be, I want to say selfish, but you not just think about your well-being. You have to think about, the people around you and who it can affect because we don't really know if it's just affecting the elderly it could be people our own age but by the time we find that out it could be too late so let's just let's just slow down this process i'm with you i i the only thing i don't like is like people hoarding um like hoarding shit like like that's the only thing that kind of annoys me (laughs) Is like I had to go grocery shopping today because like I literally had nothing to eat for the week and uh, yeah that was a headache and a half so that was that's pretty annoying. Yeah, that that has to be especially seeing the elderly that are brave enough to come out and get their supplies and then they get there and have nothing. They have nothing so, because I, people are panicking for themselves. It's really hard to see. So in in Florida, I don't know if um, I don't know. If 
know if they're doing it in California, but in some places in Florida, I know, like, in my hometown, they're doing it. Um, grocery stores are, like, opening, like, early, like, and, like, the early, uh, like, the early morning hours are, like, just for, um, like, seniors and, like, older uh, customers. So they're like, kind of giving the elderly, like, a chance to buy before, I guess, like, the, the rush. Oh, seen? that's really cool. Are, are, I, that, I haven't heard of that here. Yeah, it's, they've been doing it, um. I, well, I guess because Florida is kind of like a retirement state too. Like we probably have yeah. more elderly than than anywhere. But but yeah, it's I like I like seeing stuff like that. But it's just so crazy that like like why the fuck are we buying up toilet paper and like water? <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like like wouldn't you be yeah. buying like Germex and like stuff like that? Like hand soaps. Yeah, people people are starting to panic. Um. And they are buying all of this supplies. I mean, if you were going to be prepared, you should have been prepared before. Like that. Oh shoot! Stephanie went away. So me and her were actually talking a moment ago about um, <laughs> her phone would like lock, and it would it would kick her out. Um, so I'm gonna have her rejoin. Me. Oh shoot! I'm gonna have her rejoin in just a second. Two and. Alright, so before, um, clean, not so clean feed, absolutely <laughs> fucked our conversation up. We were talking about the, the coronavirus, though, and, uh, I was agreeing yeah. with you, like, I, I think if you're, if you're not feeling well, you should stay home, um, because, it, like, like, at the same time, like, like, you might not, uh, like, you might not feel like you have anything to worry about, but, like, like you were saying, like, it's everybody else. Yeah, you have to be, you have to be mindful of other people i think a lot of people's narcissism is coming out right now because they don't they only think about themselves and it's becoming really extreme and and people are starting to you know want to keep doing what they do on day-to-day life or because you know they don't have to work now so then they they want to go out in you want to fill their time up but you know we're all bored at home and we all have to do this together or else it's going to take longer. We're going to have to be in our house longer if those people keep going out and doing whatever they want. And it's just going to make things worse for everybody. Yeah, I 100% agree. If, if people don't start uh, staying home and, and protecting not only themselves but like everybody else, like it is going to take a lot longer. And then everybody's Netflix binge is going to be two and three weeks long instead of what should it already been you know just one week you know right i mean um are you binging netflix or hulu or anything right now i'm actually trying to stay off of like binge watching or sitting too long um i'm just trying to stay active um productive like i'm using this time to uh you know spend time with my nieces and my nephews because fighting I have to sacrifice a lot of time with them because I have to be in Dublin training so now I'm in Madeira now I get to spend time with my niece a lot I mean my brother and um my sister-in-law they they work at the hospital so my niece comes over when they're at work or when they're doing homework and stuff so like I get to spend a lot of time with her now and you know watching a one-year-old is (laughs) you can't you know, you can't be watching TV. You have to watch them. Oh, yeah. Or else they're going to get into stuff. Start, 
breaking stuff. So, I mean, I try to spend as much time with her as I can while still eating healthy. Um, I work out, try to work out every day. I will um, have this this conference with uh, some of the FTCC members in Daly City. We check in with each other to make sure if we need anything and how we're doing because times like these people get into their heads a lot or this is a time to be a community but still be distant so technology is helping with that a lot yeah you're able to to check in on your friends a lot easier yeah and i'm i do think um like all this extended time at home uh, like people with depression who who usually like get out of their house like go to the gym to like kind of help them with their depression or their anxiety. I do think this this time is gonna be really rough on them. So it is good that you're you're checking in on people. So yeah, really rough on them. And then people with the fam with their families. I mean, some of us, you know, don't get along with their families as well. So I mean, they're gonna be at home, and that's the time that they could, you know, work on that as well. Because yeah. I mean, it's right in your face, and you can't ignore it. So you have to, you have to deal with that. Well, it is, uh, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, I really appreciate you, you sticking, sticking by, uh, <laughs> all this, this crap that we have dealt with in trying to record this. <laughs> right. Um, before I let you go, is there, um, you have any, anything coming up or are you just kind of waiting, waiting everything out? Uh, waiting everything out. But I am going to train and, and stay ready as, as much as possible for, so when this is over, like I'll be, I won't be too far behind. Um, hopefully I'll be ahead of everybody and uh, get right back in there as soon as I can. That's the best way to, like, that's the best mindset to have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only been, what, five, six days? So yeah. it's still the beginning. And the hardest part is to get into that routine. And once you get into that routine, it's easier to maintain. So I'm just trying to set that standard for the beginning so it's not as hard for to, to start up again. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Well, all right, Stephanie, it has been an absolute honor, and uh, I really appreciate you. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. All right.